Welcome to show. I am Clint, and I am here with Devo, and we have no Gooch. <laughs> he's like, uh, let's just say he's on hiatus. He's invisible on the internet, and he's invisible in real life right Is now. Is he really? He's gone. He's gone internet internet silence. Uh, he's always said he's invisible on the internet. Like he's barely on Facebook. He has a Twitter and never uses it. Yeah, but the government could still find him if they want. Oh, to. for sure. Yeah, they could show up at his doorstep and capture him, take him to a. Uh, facility and anally probe him and Megan's law, but he might like that though. I think they would have to find some some socially some deviant ways to punish him and torture him because I'm not sure that you could torture him by you know or uh, conventional means. Have you seen Civil War? Yeah, I did the uh, upside down sink scene. Like that might be like one thing that he would not like. You think he wouldn't like being upside down? Well, I mean, when your head being is being submerged underwater, uh, slowly, painfully. But you know what? When I was watching that scene, I didn't think, I was like, this fool's not going to die. Like, his nose is still above the sink. Well, apparently, like, well, yeah. From that, <laughs> I was from like, that, Yeah, I felt the same way, but from that angle, I guess he, he must have been lowered or, like, just the way the angle was. I mean, you're not going to have an actor, like, in fear of drowning, I guess. So Can you die from safe. just being held, from being suspended upside down? Um, I... I'm, I'm assuming so. I mean, like all the blood's rushing to your head, and eventually you would probably asphyxiate yourself somehow. Like well, maybe you end up. It'd probably be terrible. I'm assuming. Yeah. So either way, it'd be that or the you know drowning kills him. But in that one, I think the when they show the water going over, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he just dies. So let's let's talk let's talk Civil War before we get into our, our real topic for just a couple seconds. Yeah, your, real brief. your opinions. I loved it. So I I see it as a Captain America movie, n- not the greatest way to to make it a Captain America movie, but as an Avengers movie, it was fantastic. So you viewed it more as an Avengers movie than a Captain definitely, America. Definitely, yeah. Because I mean, it was definitely centered around Captain America. It for was, sure. but it's like it's it's like if Avengers and Avengers Two just mated with Winter Soldier. Like I, I see why they're calling it a Captain America movie, but I felt that it tied too much into Avengers to where. It should have, to me, it was just Avengers 2.5. And I know the big storyline was behind Cap and Bucky, but the fact that it revolved so heavily around Iron Man and it just incorporated everybody else and half the movies, the Avengers. You know, the interesting thing, I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, this is a Captain America movie, so obviously he, it kind of has to be from his perspective to, to, to an extent, but you can't make Iron Man like evil. You have to kind of make him like be resolute about something that's wrong but then like admit that he's wrong in the end right and that's what they did for iron man for iron man okay because he's still a good guy right yeah Uh, yeah. so i thought it was interesting when they let when they let him fight each other yeah you had this thing where you had to kind of decide who wins that fight do or do you make it a draw because kind of you i mean obviously when you're going to compare you know tony stark to steve rogers steve rogers is is a you know, biologically enhanced person, yep. and Tony Stark isn't. But Tony Stark's suit. There was this one moment where he said, "Okay, calculate the way in which we can like overcome." Yeah, Captain America, yeah. and it kind of did that. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it just tracked his, all his movements and started recognizing patterns and determining. Because I mean, Captain America's got a certain fighting style, yeah. supposedly, and apparently, at least in that uh, fight, don't know if it was emotionally charged or what, but it sounded like the suit was able to recognize the fact that he was using certain patterns and certain moves over and over and over, so able to calculate and then just defend itself based on that information, which is kind of cool. And plus, I mean, he was going against, like, he already took out 
Bucky yeah. by ripping his arm off. So he already well, took blasting his arm off. Blasting his arm yeah. off. He'd already taken out Bucky, and then he had to fight Captain America after already doing that. I mean, yeah. ultimately he lost, but that was only because his suit got like damaged. Yeah. Well, and he I and he, I think he, he lost he, because Cap spared him. Well, like Cap. I mean, if he wanted to, if he really wanted to kill Tony Stark, that shield would have come down on his head. Well, when after he after his, you mean. Well, I guess because I mean his weakness is that thing on his heart, the and he kind of yeah. tried to destroy it. Or yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean it's no longer in his heart, but that's what powers the suit. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. It wasn't yeah. his thing anymore. And then um, I mean that's what happened to War Machine, right? He got blasted in the arc, re- uh, uh, the arc reactor, and then he just plummeted, however, however uh, far, and the suit just crippled him. I thought that. I mean, I thought Tony Stark was kind of an asshole. Like, even after, like, he, you know, like, I'm like, first of all, Falcon didn't actually shoot War Machine. He just moved out of the way and the fool got hit and he said sorry. And then he yeah. just blasted him. I was like, you're an asshole. Yeah. I was like, you're an asshole. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you think of it from, from Tony's perspective, right? His best friend is unconscious and for all he knows is dead. Okay, but it wasn't Falcon's fault. He likes he likes the roadie more than Falcon. Well, obviously, but... I thought it was really cool the way they played out, like, the distinction between these two sides. And it was interesting that they kind mm-hmm. of made the, like, the, you know, the crux of this conflict hinge on the decisions of Scarlett Johansson's character, of Black Widow. Because if she did not let them okay. go, they probably, they, okay, maybe they would have won that battle. Or maybe they would have lost that one battle that was on the, at the airplane. But they wouldn't yeah. have gotten away if it wasn't for her. No, I mean, because... Black Panther's right there. He, he was, was right there. The yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's already proven that he can take down. He was badass. By yeah, the way. Oh, he, was dude, he was so he, badass. Amazing. Yeah, and, and Spider Man was awesome. Too. The character and everything. I love yeah. the new Spider Man. By the way, yeah, it finally feels like a Peter Parker. Like it feels like the type of character that Spider Man's supposed to be, rather than like Andy Garfield is not a nerd. I'm right. sorry, he's yeah. not a nerd. Yeah, and he, yeah, Andy Garfield. I mean, comparing Andy to Tobey Maguire, Andy blows. Tobey Maguire out of the water. <sighs> like, he had the look of, of Peter Parker. He had the mannerisms of Peter Parker. And he's he's skinny, lanky like Peter Parker is. And, and Spider-Man is. And he was, a may, what, he was a way better representation of Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. Tom Holland, on the other hand, especially now that they're going with the, the, the teenage Spider-Man, best f- it film iteration. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. It was, it was so perfect. I'm, I'm actually really excited for Homecoming. I think it's going to be a fantastic film. I, uh, I think that... First of all, the Black Panther got me really excited. Mm-hmm. Really excited. Yeah. And I thought that the way that they did his character was good, especially like they kind of gave everyone like a, a, fo- a foil. Like okay. everyone, when they matched up, there were like a reason for each person to be ma- Not just like, oh, we happen to be standing here. Yeah. Like he wanted Bucky. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, And I, like he didn't really have a side, but like the, he was on Team Iron Man because he was going to go whoop Bucky's ass. Yeah, that was, was really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the good introduction to a character. And even the villain. Zemo? Oh, that was Baron cool. Zemo? That yeah, was really cool. And that from, actor uh, was good, too. Yeah, from, uh, what's his name? Daniel Brühl or something? Yeah. From, and he, uh, he, I thought the Black way Bastards? That, I know some, when I was with, some person I saw it with kind of criticized it, but I kind of liked the way that he understood that he was a badass, but he wasn't good enough to beat them. Yeah. And so he wanted to play them against each other. I thought it was just a great, yeah. great way to, to or, orchestrate the whole thing. Because, I mean, you look at uh, Avengers, and then you look at Avengers 2, ironically, Loki and Thor both think that they are greater than the Avengers or greater than those people, and it's their egos that kind of help get in the way of their being victorious. Yeah. But Zemo recognized that, and so he's like, all right, how do you cripple uh, an empire? You destroy it from within. Yeah. And just everything he went through just to, to mastermind this entire destruction of the Avengers, I thought was amazing. I loved it. Fantastic film. Fantastic. Better than Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I don't know. See, it's... it's it. In terms of like a Marvel movie, like I think 
I would say yes, because there was more about this film that made me smile as opposed to Guardians. Like, Guardians, I had no expectations going into, and it completely surprised me. Now, I love the storyline. I love the humor. I love the characters. I love how they interact. Same thing with this. It's like I got all the best of what I loved about all the characters, but then I also got to see more Vision. I got to see more Scarlet Witch. Even Hawkeye, when he came back, it's, he just he acted different. Like, he was, a, he was a different character. And then you get surprised with Spider-Man. You get surprised with... Black Panther, you get Giant Man in there. That was so you know? cool. It's just like, there's just so much about this film that even knowing some of the stuff, like, you know, spoilers that you read on the internet and whatnot, it, I came out being like, all right, this was awesome. This is great. This gets me ready for Infinity War. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Doctor Strange, you saw the trailer? Yeah. Look crazy. I'm excited for that. That looks A dope. lot of people are just saying it's a Marvel version of Inception, but it is what it is, right? It could be, but I liked Inception. Yeah. And, and I would love would to see a Marvel version of Inception. Yeah. It looked awesome. And now that's a, it's a magical cosmic sort of thing. I think it's going to work really, really well. And it was weird to hear Benedict Cumberbatch with an American accent for the first I don't. That's the first time I've heard him use an American accent. Yeah, I can't think of any... Uh, Star Trek. He kind of still had... He didn't talk like an American. He still had like a, a something else. Uh, did he? He did. It was. I don't. It was almost like he was like trying too hard to be like an evil character. Like he's like, I'm Khan. Yeah. <laughs> almost like he was a pro wrestler or something. It's this you know? weird thing about these Brits, especially like watching. I was watching Peaky Blinders recently. Yeah. And Cillian Murphy's in there with Sam Neill, and okay. they're both using like their native accents. I'm assuming, and yeah. they sound completely different than they have. And the weird thing is like. I wasn't introduced to them as British. I mean, you know they're British actors, or yeah. I guess Sam Neill's Irish, but you don't hear their voices. Like, it's I, like House. You I know can't I mean? even think of a single Sam Neill movie where I've heard his original accent. Well, this is the first time Jurassic I've heard Park, it. Jurassic uh, Park, any Jurassic Park. Same thing with Cillian in. Murphy. Um, Cillian Murphy. That's the first time I remember in a movie that I've seen. Oh, uh, um, 28 Days Later. Did he have British? British? I have to see that movie. I think I so. Because it, it was in England. It would definitely put place in England. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he had his accent in that movie. He probably for did, sure. Right. But yeah. that, that was like the first time I'd ever seen him in a movie, though. True. Probably. Yeah, and his dick. Okay, so let's get to our uh, our real topic. Uh, everyone, that's the funny thing. Everyone's been. They, it's probably going to be at this point, like you know, promoted as the the star, the, the star killer show, and then people are like, "What the fuck are they talking about Marvel for ten minutes? Can they just talk I about know, Star Killer?" Right. But you know what? Screw y'all. Now here we go. So our deviants. We are bringing. We're going to bring up a character who. I mean, it's it's this weird thing about how Star Wars has been in the in the in the media spotlight for the past year, and it's going to continue to be for the foreseeable future. Now that Disney's taken over and they make a movie every year, yeah. But the one character that they really that has rarely been talked about is this character who, and Devin brought this up as Devo brought this up as maybe maybe the possibly one of the most powerful characters in the Star Wars universe, which is. Marin, Galen Merrick. Merrick, yes, known as Star Killer. Star Killer from the Star Wars: The Force Unleashed video game series. Yes. Now, the reason why this idea popped in my head is because I was browsing through some of the headlines, and on my Feedly reader, I have a, a Star Wars section, and uh, one of this uh, there was a YouTube video, uh, but I'll have to post the name on the post somewhere, but I forgot where it came from. And the video was kind of just an introspective about how powerful Star Killer really was, and I've recently been playing Star Wars: The Force Unleashed again. Uh, probably the second time since it originally came out, and I'm going to start on on the second one when I'm done with that, but it's amazing to me. It sucks, too, because now he doesn't matter. Since since Disney has their whole That's one of my big questions to you. It's not canon anymore? Is this confirmed? Confirmed. (sighs) 
And I could see why in a lot of cases because of the, the dual endings. And I know that they chose yeah. the light side endings and the yeah. novels, and those were like the canon endings originally. Yeah. But it kind of does mess with a lot of things if you look if you look at just the story. Right. And and one thing that so the very beginning of the game, which in like in in a game, I guess technical standpoint, the fact that you start the game as Darth Vader is probably the greatest decision any Star Wars video game creator could have done. That was right? remember the demo? Yeah. It was just awesome. Yeah, because I mean you're just walking around as Darth Vader on Kashyyyk and you're just <laughs> all right, I'm gonna just toss this Wookiee into that TIE fighter right there, you know? Um and it's What's great is that the game was built on really. I mean, it's 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 a clever title, right? It's unleashing the force. It's, yeah. it's, it's everything we've seen in the movies, even after Revenge of the Sith, and and even other video games that you've been uh, that have been out there. It's the force powers are really just like push, pull, jump, speed, reflexes. You know, in the movies you're talking in the about. movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know, like serves the purpose of the plot, right? Palpatine had lightning. Uh, Force Lightning, things like that. And then you get the Jedi Outcast series or the Dark Forces games where they kind of expand a little bit on the Force powers, but it's really just grounded to what you see in the movies. And what I love about the Force Unleashed is that it's those it's those similar groundings, but they're amplified, right? So it's like, what would happen... It almost felt like, what would happen if either Luke or Anakin really tapped into like a true nature of the Force and just really like let it go? Like, What would be the outcome? And it's interesting, too, because when Vader's fighting uh, Melek's father on the first level, yeah. and he's like, he's like, tell me where your master is, because I sense somebody here more powerful than you, and the only person there is the kid. Yeah. kind of shows that, all right, like, to me, the first thing that popped in my head is like, well, does that mean that this kid's more powerful than Anakin? Uh, but you know what? The, and you know, the funny thing is, it's like that same idea that, like, uh, uh, Qui-Gon comes to Tatooine and, like, oh, there's this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I want to see what this kid could be, right? And you had this idea of, like, this kid is imbued with all this power, but the trajectory of that child's, you know, uh, destiny is could be shaped by the outside world depending on the child's choices. And that's a big aspect of the game as well. Is yeah. That this whole, this whole um, dichotomy between... Killing, even though it's even though you feel like it's just, and not killing, even though not killing them allows that person to live and potentially cause more harm. Yeah, but it's the idea that personally for you, you don't kill because you're good, and this is the same type of thing that you're that you find in that first scene. Interestingly, where Vader chooses not to let those people to let those uh, stormtroopers the, the stormtroopers kill the kid. Yeah, obviously it's for nefarious means, but nevertheless, yeah. Right. And one thing that I found interesting that I never really picked up from the game or the stories or anything like that, it, which I saw from this video, is the dude was saying that in the next because apparently in the Force Unleashed when you actually become Star Killer, you take control. He's seventeen. Yeah, okay. And then he doesn't look like it, right? He looks like Sam, Sam Whitmer, Whitmer, who's, yeah, a, who's like a 30-year-old man. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so one thing that I thought was interesting is that he was saying that from being a child to that point in the game, Vader, I mean, that guy's like Starkiller, all he knows in his life is what Vader teaches him. And Vader hasn't taught him necessarily about the Force and hasn't taught him about the Sith and what it means to be a Sith. Because with the Sith... It's really, uh, you know, the rule of two. Um, it seems like it, it's the Sith are always craving power. It, but Vader was able to create a, an apprentice who wasn't craving that power. So that apprentice wasn't going to overthrow him. It wasn't until some part in the story where the Emperor comes in and Vader's plan gets foiled 
to where Vader kind of turns on Malik and just pretty much tells him, hey, you're my tool to overthrow the Emperor, at which point that kind of changes uh, Galen Merrick's entire view on what he's doing. But So that's why he's kind of starting to overthrow, uh, at least or go up against Darth Vader and try to kill him, is because Darth Vader turned his back on him. And I thought that was an interesting standpoint of, of you can get these dark side users and this being that's maybe not manipulated by the dark side, but essentially grown by the dark side, but not necessarily the ways of the Sith. And then watching that video just now made me start thinking about Kylo Ren. Wow, man, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. Uh, you know, when I, was, when I was thinking about this story before we did this podcast, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's this whole interplay between this rule of two, yeah. but there technically being three yeah. at any given time, yeah. right? And so, I mean, this goes back to the Darth Maul thing and whatever have you about the, the secret, and then there's like a secret apprentice and then Darth Maul's not dead or something like that. And yeah. All, and he's still around and doing things and so forth. And, but then there's this big thing about the secret apprentice is the idea behind the whole Star Killer story, right? Yeah. But then you have this idea that like, you know, Vader is using him as a tool, like you said, to overthrow Palpatine so that there could still only be two. Yeah. But then there's this interplay between Vader and Palpatine where Palpatine, in one of the storylines, if you choose in the right way, if you choose in the particular way, like, he becomes the Emperor's apprentice. Yeah. Right? And so... Because he kills he has, Vader. He kills Vader. There's a, he has a different suit, and people complain it looked like Boba Fett and Vader put together, whatever have you. I thought it was a bad But it looked cool, but I mean, people could say the same thing about Kylo Ren, too. Right. And, which is interesting, because the Kylo Ren outfit looks very similar to what that Starkiller outfit was when he became the Emperor's apprentice. It does. It does. It's and, got similar. But it still looks awesome, yeah. whatever, I don't care. And it was inspired by his grandfather, so. And so I thought it was interesting that you have this idea, and then even beyond that, there's in the second movie, I believe, there's a, there's a I mean, second game, there's something about like how the clone would be the emperor's assassin, but that the emperor was still looking for an apprentice. And I always forget this idea that Palpatine is looking for an apprentice, but he doesn't actually, because, you know, the whole idea about there being two is that you have the apprentice so that when you die, you could ostensibly have that person take over for you and then they could have their own apprentice. But of course, that apprentice always has an apprentice before you die. And, Palpatine supposedly has mastered the art of never be, of never dying, mm-hmm. so uh, he doesn't need an apprentice. Technically, he just needs someone to do his bidding for him, so he doesn't yeah. have to do it and risk his own life. So he's not actually looking for someone to succeed him, which c- creates this like interesting dynamic between right. them in the in the game. And and one thing that that again was brought up in this video is that it, Palpatine is not looking for somebody to succeed him; he's looking for somebody to replace Vader. Because when yeah. Vader, when Palpatine first met Anakin. Like, he and the Jedi Council knew that there was something special about this boy. And as he grew and his power in the Force grew, they knew that maybe he was the chosen one, right? And so that's why Palpatine kind of, again, with the Secret Apprentice thing, he's, you know, whispering in Anakin's ear and saying, oh, you know, uh, uh, when he, uh, he uh, used Dooku and he, he had Anakin kill Dooku, yeah. he's like, oh, well, you know, the Tusken Raiders killed your mom. You want revenge. It's no different than that. It's all good. Yeah. You know, so it's things like that to where he's, he's secretly molding Anakin. And Palpatine had the expectation that he was going to get the Chosen One and that that was going to be his apprentice. But then he failed in his battle against Obi-Wan and he had to be rebuilt. And the guy put it in this awesome analogy. It's like, it's like you're working so hard and, and you're working towards a Lamborghini and you've got the expectation of a Lamborghini. And when the time finally comes to receive your Lamborghini, something happens and you get a Ford Mustang. It's still a great car, but it's not the Lambo. It's not the Lambo. And I, I was like, that's actually a really interesting way to look at it, to where Palpatine views 
uh, Darth Vader as damaged and a ghost and a shell of what was supposed to be. So he's incredibly disappointed. And that's kind of some that's a theme that's played on a lot in the comics now to where Palpatine's always putting Vader in these shitty and fucked up situations to really prove himself. And it's almost like Palpatine's purposefully trying to kill Darth Vader just to show him that you're a failure. And you're not worthy enough to be my apprentice, even though in the movies he's still there. But if and he they're, lives, they're one on one, right? Then he proves me wrong, and then I've I've got nothing to lose, right? But Palpatine, even in the comics, it's it's always it, it always feels like it's like he's got the expectation that Anakin's going to die and Vader's going to die, and Palpatine's going to be the one, maybe not directly by his hands, but he's going to be the cause of Vader's death. You know, there's uh, <laughs> there's this weird thing where you mentioned the whole Lambo Mustang analogy, and I always feel like, and this is something that I don't necessarily see in. It's a different dynamic with the Jedi, but with the Sith, there's always this idea that like you need to finish your training. You haven't finished your training. I will teach you the last thing that I need to teach you because there's this play, this interplay of power between if the master teaches the the disciple everything that he knows, yeah. he enables the, the disciple to be empowered enough to defeat the master. So the master always can never teach him everything, right? But then you get this degrade, degradation of knowledge, of skill, of, yeah. of Sith ability because the guys that are here, like Darth Vader, never finishes training. The Starkiller never finishes training. Kylo Ren never finishes training. Darth yeah. Maul never finishes. So, okay, who has all the training? Like Palpatine? Well, what happens when Palpatine croaks? Yeah. Okay, so now Vader's left, and or Vader's dead too. Supposedly, there's no more Sith. But okay, so now Kylo Ren, like, who is he gonna get? I mean, I, of course, I understand there's this, like this Force Ghost thing that could like teach them, and there's and yeah. then the Holocron thing is not really part of the canon, so it's I don't really. Well, it is like, now. Okay, but so is, it mentioned, in, is the Holocron ever mentioned in a, in, a, in, a, in a movie? Not in a movie, but in Star Wars Rebels. There's a scene where um, Ezra, the one of the new characters, um, uh, Darth Maul actually is using Ezra to gain access to the uh, uh, Dark Holocron. So, and I know that Sith Holocron. I know sorry. in some in the old um, what is it uh, Knights of the Old Republic, a lot of the like the characters were interacting with uh, Holocrons, yeah, and that's how they got their knowledge, knowledge yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, this whole Holocron idea is ne- is either not mentioned by Palpatine or Vader, or they're just not aware of it. Um, and I don't know about any of the you know outside and, stories talking yeah. about that. But you know, there's this whole idea that the the apprentice is not as powerful. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that they have the capability to be more powerful than yeah. maybe the master. And you know, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, and this is probably a good time to do it, is is talking about the abilities of Starkiller himself. Yeah. And in the games, he obviously defeats Vader at some points. He defeats that other master at one point if you choose to go bad. Rot or Ram or whatever his name uh, was. Ram Koda? Yeah. yeah. He defeats him. Interestingly enough, gets waxed by Palpatine every time he tries. Yeah. Just, just, just torn down by Palpatine. And it doesn't matter what side you choose... He's, I, th- I think he's always killed by Palpatine. So even if he you choose a light side, one time by his by his perfect clone. Well, that's in, in, in the, the second game. Force Unleashed too. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the first one, if you choose a light side ending, um, then you then I think Vader kills you. Yeah. Because you get martyred, and then Leia yeah, takes on the, you, the family crest. As yeah, the which Rumble I thought Lions. was a great tie-in to, yeah. to A New Hope. Uh, and then in the dark side uh, path. Palpatine ends up killing him, but then resurrecting him as his Sith assassin. And that's where you get the Emperor's Apprentice. Idea. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's clear that at least in the video game, he's unable to defeat the Emperor. So he can't beat the Emperor. But he can beat Vader. 
He could be potentially. He could be Vader. Yeah, it, it, it's shown that there's a way for him to do that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will say, and I'm, I don't know what this guy said in this article, but a lot of people will say the stuff that Starkiller does in the games is stuff that no other character has ever done in a movie. I don't know about the comics, but in a movie, and that, and by virtue of that, he's more powerful than them. But I think that what the like you were saying earlier, this idea yeah. of the Force Unleash itself was sort of a showcase for the idea of the Force being used and applying it to various things. So he did things that you hadn't seen other characters do, yeah. but that not necessarily they weren't capable. Because I think even if you... Uh, there's another example I have of Mace Windu in the in the cartoon, yeah. the Clone Wars. He oh. does stuff in the Clone Wars cartoon that he never did in the movie. Like, crazy stuff. Yeah. We're just like, this fool's unbelievable yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah. And it's the same thing here where like he's pulling down a Star Destroyer. Like It's not like Vader can't do that. He just never... Got it's never the situation never arose. Yeah, and then same thing with uh, showcasing his uh, uh, Star Killer's abilities. Like when you're fighting an ATST, right? Like it gets to a point and you do the quick time moves, and he's like lifting them up in the air and slicing them in half, or he's like crumpling them up into balls and like tossing them aside. Yeah, you know, it's like crazy things like that to where he's able to like lift up a ranker. And like, <laughs> not, right. like, he's not like ripping it in half, but he's like slamming it around yeah. and tossing it. It's like he does just not whacked out, but just unparalleled feats of, of of you know showcasing his ability in the force that if we would have saw this in the movie then it's like okay then I haven't seen at least a a force wielder as strong as what I saw in the game no way and I always felt that the game was supposed to be like hey you're this character who's trained in the force but he's still kind of untapped and I mean, he could just do some awesome, amazing stuff. But one thing that frustrated me about the game personally was that as you progress through the game, they introduce characters that are prepared to to fight you off. So it's like you're not just fighting stormtroopers. You're fighting special stormtroopers that have special armor and reflector shields that <laughs> prevent you from using the force on them or, or will you know, block and def- deflect your lightsaber. It's like, Which well, doesn't that, exist anywhere else. Well, yeah. It's like, well, what's the point? You know? Like... uh I mean, I think there are like some some blades or some certain um, uh, uh, items that are tainted with magic in in the Star Wars universe that can you know deflect a, a lightsaber. Or uh-huh. um, I know in the comics there was a what do you call it the, the similari, which is like this creature that just for whatever reason it just it it, refl- it deflects any ability of the Force. So like you could like you could walk up to to Luke Skywalker with it and he wouldn't be able to use any of his Force powers. As long as you've got this creature thing around you. So, I mean, there's stuff like that, but it's like, in the game, it's like there's these creatures on the, the Felucia planet that, I mean, they're just, they're just, I don't know, like, like plant cavemen sort of thing. And they had, like, they had these force fields that were able to block your lightsaber. It's like, what the fuck? Why do we even need a lightsaber? I know. Like, it's, it's, it's pointless. I mean, the game obviously was created to, like, have this idea of, like, we've never played a game where they were involving all the elements of force usage so like fluidly and you know what i mean like yeah. just that whole thing where you felt like you really could what it would be like to be a, a really powerful and i mean even sam whitworth said like you have uh vader and then you have palpatine yeah and you know they're awesome you know vader is vader he's the most the most sinister and or, i mean palpatine's the most sinister he's the most conniving right yeah vader has the most has the the greatest force powers right because that's what they've always said right yeah but Star Killer's the most badass. Yeah, and that's what that's that's his old, that's that was his his whole idea behind it. Yeah, and I think they really did that, especially oh, I think when so I, too. Mean, I, mean, the, the, I, I mean, just the scene where he's pulling down the Star Destroyer. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, how many more things are more badass than that in video game history? Yeah, really? I mean, like I was replaying that, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, 
this takes Luke's, you know, pulling the X-Wing out of the water. And, like, granted, Yoda was, I don't know, what, eight, 900 years old, and he was old and decrepit at that point. <laughs> but, like, it made it seem like even Yoda was having, like, it wasn't just something where he was like, okay, like, I'm going to just lift this up and move it. Like, it was like, he's like, okay, I've got to really focus. I got to, like, it was almost straining him. And then even when he was done, he was like, <sighs> you know, like, Yoda in his prime, I wonder how easy that feat would have been. And then you've got this, this, uh, you know, dark side apprentice of Darth Vader who's reaching out into the sky and pulling down a Star Destroyer, which is, what do you think, what, 100, 200 times larger than an X-Wing? I mean, it's it's the size of a city. Yeah. It's easily the size of a city. And it's not like he was pulling it down with ease or anything because the whole mechanic yeah. of the game, it's like, all right, you got to tilt and you got to push. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, it's the, the Star Destroyer is going one way and he's, like, pulling it off course <laughs> and he's twisting it and turning it and then, like, pulling it down. It's like... And then he brings it crashing into the city. It's like, that's awesome. That's yeah. badass. I haven't seen, even in the movies, and this came out after Revenge of the Sith, it's like nobody had the gall to take this person who's supposed to be the chosen one and show that he's got maybe not absolute power, but just this amazing, tremendous power. I mean, all we really get from him is that he's able to tap into his hatred, become super fast with a lightsaber, but then get you know three of his four appendages cut off and burnt alive. Vader? I know, he turned to a nugget, but like... And I will tell that nugget story one day. Yeah. But uh, y- y- it's it's this weird thing where, you know, they make Vader out to be the... And it's, you know, it's always this weird thing where, like, always the idea is, is that the bad guy is technically more powerful than the good guy. Yeah. But because he's bad, that creates some inherent flaw within him that will be the ultimate undoing. It'll be his downfall. Yeah. Whereas the good guy might not technically... Because let's be honest, like, if you look at, like, Ult- I mean, Ultron, like, the, he's a badass. Yeah. He should not have lost. But he's... He's cocky or he's arrogant. It's, just, it's like it's it's, a, it always seems like it's their ego. Exactly. Somehow gets in, in, in the best of them, and they're unable to see or foresee, you know, how they can be brought down. It's like it's the same thing that happens to Vader. It's not necessarily the ego, but it's the weakness that he had for the love of his son and all these things like that, right? Yeah, it's, you know that he's ultimately good inside, right? Yeah, but. And it's a weird thing because, like, you know, Palpatine's the most powerful person. I mean, he, like you guys said, he basically beat Yoda in the... In the Revenge of the Sith. In the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. He basically beat him. Yeah. And, and you know, you have this you have this idea that, oh, the bad guy's more powerful, but then the good guy has this one thing about him that could, that obviously makes him... And the Starkiller's no different, right? Because right. he has all this power, but he's not had to harness it. My question to you is, is that all these characters that they say are really powerful tend to be human, and do you think that because the human the, the nature of being human, it, it like somehow it, you know exas- you know amplifies the power of the force within them? Because I know Yoda and this and that, but Yoda didn't beat Palpatine. And then I know that there is uh, you know whatever. Even Shock T got killed by Starkiller Gosh, in the games. Even she was a bitch. It, but but even look at all these other like non-human characters. They got torn up by the human characters. Is that just a function of we want to see the humans be the most powerful because? We're we're human beings making these movies, or I don't see. I, I think that's interesting because at least in the in terms of the movies themselves, um, for the dark side, we only see one non-human. For the dark side, yeah, Maul, yeah. Even in the Knights I mean, of the he's humanoid. He, well, what, I mean, in the what in Knights of the Republic, there's not some non. Well, and, yeah, but I'm talking about the movies. Oh, okay, right. Okay, so okay, the movies okay. we get Darth Maul. Every yeah. other dark side user is human. You know, so far, yeah. And then is oh, and yeah. then you look at the light side. It's like. They've got so many force users on the light side. Like Yoda, I think is the top on the light side. So you think it's just a function of there only being two? 
But I mean, this, this other guy. What's the guy? What's that tall? Guy, what's the, this new evil guy's name in the in the movie? I forgot his damn name. Kylo Ren? No, no, no. The guy, his master. Oh, uh, Supreme Leader. He, he's not. Amer- he's not human. I think he is. Oh. I think he's going to be a human that's that's Got dis- deformed dis- or something. You know, just destroyed and and yeah, deformed by the Force. But uh, what I was trying to get at with the the whole dark side thing is that they make they allude to it multiple times in the movies to where it's like, yeah, the dark side's stronger. It's more powerful, but it'll it'll just eat you up alive. You know, is that the it's, reason why maybe these seductive. more these power these like the guys that are considered the most powerful are the ones that the Sith identify and want them more than like these like you know mediocre force users? Yeah, right? I mean, it's just like two, right? Right, you know, it's like it, if there was an opportunity to turn Mace Windu to the dark side, I, I'm pretty sure Sidious would have gone for it. But ever since he found Anakin, he's like, okay, that's. That's my long game. That's my end game. Yeah. I'm going to turn this guy, the chosen one, who's going to bring balance to the force, and we're just going to wipe out the light. But then, you know, things got messed up. And, yeah, for the most part, he got, he got, he kind of got what he wanted. But, I mean, still, there's plenty of Jedi around. And then all of a sudden, who is it, who's the one that comes and snuffs out uh, Palpatine? He's a princess kid. Okay. You know in the second Force Unleashed game? Yeah. The main character is a clone. Yeah. Okay. But that clone gets torn up by it's the the quote unquote perfect clone that Vader made, yeah. right? And it's like, and like his whole I thing is is like, oh, I'm the clone that has free will, right? Yeah, and I can make my own decisions, and I'm like, you know, that and it fundamentally makes him imperfect theoretically, right? But you have this idea now, and but there's this idea at the end of the and when they capture Vader, and he's gonna kill him. And he said, and the and the what's the guy's name? Ram Koda, yeah, Ram Koda. Koda. He says, "Don't kill him, right?" And that's yeah. like a moment where he has to make a decision, like I mentioned before, yeah, whether yeah. he's good or bad. But one of the things he does say is, "We need to question him because we don't know if Star Killer is dead. We don't know what happened to the real Star Killer, and it's obviously unknown. I think. And so, is he alive? If it, it could he appear?" In a Star Wars movie, is do, would you like him to appear in a Star Wars movie? I think it would be interesting, but I think it would be more interesting if Vader was still around. Now, um, is he Snoke? I don't think so. No one's ever mentioned that. No, that could be interesting. Um, there are some theories about Ray, Ray's parents, though. Star Killer could be a Ray's, Ray's parent. Not necessarily. But he did have like, a chick. Do you do you he, want me to go into it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean. So, it, it has to do with cloning. And that's... And the, okay, this is what I want to ask you before we go into this, okay, about cloning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's... Okay, th- I think... And then I guess this is like a, a modern topic, a postmodern topic for us now, too, about cloning. Yeah. But in the Star Wars universe, there tends to be, like, this undertone of, like, the morality behind cloning. And it, I don't think it's talked about so much in the movies because you don't get to see the whole Grand Admiral Thrawn story where the clones go crazy and... And you know, and that's how they get rid of the clones and everything like that because that's in between episode three and four and all the stuff that we don't know about yet in a lot of ways. No, Grand Animal was after Jedi. Oh, I mean, I know Wrong. that, but I mean, like this whole idea of like the the crazed clones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that like cloning, it's the people aren't adjusted properly. Yeah, right? which and, is kind of how the original story, the ideas behind cloning were with the original stories before, it, obviously, the pre- prequels came out. Yeah, and so I'm just curious to you, like, do you think that this whole cloning thing? And like, is there something about how the clones are like in, like immune to the force or something? They can't have force. So that was part of the ideas with the original yeah. cloning thing, or at least that I think that was a theory that was kind of popular. I mean, this is definitely way before the internet and stuff like that. Is 
the Clone Wars were supposed to be these creatures or you know clones that were created that were um, immune to the Force, so that way they couldn't be manipulated by Jedi and things like that, and that they were specifically supposed to be for the Empire. Um, but and then one of the reasons why there are no clones anymore is because they go crazy, and I don't I don't know if it was like the Force that made them go crazy, but they kind of touched on it in the Clone Wars cartoon to where there's a couple of clones that as they got a little bit older and they spent a lot of time around Jedi, like they started going a little bit, you know, nutso and they were like kind of losing their mind. <laughs> but, um, uh, if you guys could have seen his face when he said that, it was yeah, I crossed my eyes and pointing <laughs> him in different directions. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I, is that something that you could see in the future movies or even a spinoff movie being like, a because a, 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 I could see that really being the, the foundation for a really good movie where you have this character who's a clone but maybe doesn't know it or something like that. And yeah. like as they go insane, maybe it's too adult themed for a Star Wars movie. But it's a really interesting idea. Or like, because like even if you think about the movie Multiplicity, right? Yes. Where, uh, what's his name, makes a clone of himself and it's more aggressive. Yeah, and, and then they like make that. the clone the clone. But the, yeah, <laughs> so he's cloning a clone and he clones a clone. By the yeah. time he's the fourth clone, he's, he's got kind of a dumb clone. <laughs> <laughs> and that'd be kind of interesting if they touched on something like that to where, like, what if like Starkiller, like, uh, huh? Like an of mice of men type thing where you have, a, like, this. A little bit, yeah. But, like, think of, think of uh, Starkiller in Force Unleashed 2. Like, what if that clone that you're playing as was a clone of a clone, mm. which is why he wasn't the perfect clone? Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, at that point. I'm assuming that there are, if I don't remember correctly, but I think there were obviously more clones, and they have to be clones of the original Starkiller. Because yeah. uh, uh, this clone had memories of Juno and, and, and the past life and re- reflections of, of, of that. What happens if, you know, that clone doesn't work, and then, or you do get a clone that's, like, good, and then you make a clone of that? Yeah, or like you know, and this one's maybe better than the other clones. So it's like if something happens to that clone, do you make a clone of that, or do you just go back to? Because I'm assuming you only use a sample so often. And I'm just curious because he's making multiple clones. So the idea that maybe Star Killer is alive is still there because who is he making a clone from? Like or just a or piece they, of blo- uh, like some blood sample? I don't. I don't wanna... Or he's got the body somewhere. Like he's able to recover the body yeah. somehow. Um, I mean, I think that would be kind of interesting. But um, uh, there are some theories about. Uh, some use of cloning in episode eight. Okay, let's, break, let's right. bust into it so, before we get out of here. Um, and it's not confirmed by anybody. It's just a, a crazy theory that I heard that made me go, "Huh." Uh, there's, and I don't know if it was a script leak or just uh, uh, you know somebody just coming up with this random idea, but it gets to a point to where Luke and Ray are talking about her parents, right? Because the big thing with Ray's story arc in episode seven is my parents. I have to stay on Jakku for my parents to come back for me. They're going to come back for me. Yeah. The guy, I forgot where it came from, but I saw it on Reddit somewhere, and the dude's like, it gets to a point where Ray's talking about, what was it? I, the way that they, he delivered it was amazing, because it was like, she was asking Luke, like, oh, because she finds out that Vader is Luke's father, and so she's like, you know, uh, something, something about your father, and he's like, no. This is he, in the movie? No, the, this is the, the theory. Okay. So she's asking about uh, uh, Luke's father, father, and he says, no, you're my father. To Ray. What? Yeah. That apparently she's supposed to be a perfect clone of Anakin. Or not a perfect clone, but a clone of Anakin. A female clone of... What? Yeah. Which is why she was able to tap into the the Force and and why she's this special Force user. 
But you know what the weird thing is is watching that movie, I don't get the sense that like Ray is like the most powerful like force adept Jedi or anything. Like she's no. probably force adept of course, but not like you know what I mean? Um I think not crazy like Anakin or 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 Luke or anything like that. No, no, it doesn't no. give that I didn't give that idea. But like there's said, there's the something special about her which I'm hoping we find out in episode 8, but there's something special about her where when I'm assuming the Knights of Ren go crazy on Luke's new Jedi uh, uh, Academy, that she's got to be taken off planet. Like, she's got to be saved for something. Yeah. And don't know exactly what that is yet, but I think there's something about her, and I don't think it has to do with her parentage. I think it has to do with her abilities in the Force. Like, uh-huh. I mean, ideally, the whole Star Wars, you know, all three trilogies are going to be about the Skywalker family. Yeah. But I don't think she's a child of a like, a, like a biological child. And you know, yeah. the interesting thing is that you mentioned that is that that's not unprecedented because Luke's parents, quote unquote, were, you know, Joel Edgerton and what's his face? Or you know, the old Joel Edgerton. I forgot what his name I forgot. Uh, Owen Lars. Lars. Yeah. Like yeah. those were his parents. They were the people that raised him. Well, his aunt and uncle. Yeah. His aunt and uncle. Oh, his aunt and uncle. They were the people that raised him. So that's not unprecedented in this in this world or even for the Skywalkers in, the, in themselves. Not to mention, Leia was raised by. Jimmy Smith, yeah, adopted family. Yeah, so yeah. they both adopted. It's not unprecedented that she would be adopted. And Leia wasn't a Latin. No, she definitely was not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my final question for you is: in the game, it, which is so cool, is they present it like a Star Wars movie. It has its yeah. own crawl and everything, oh, yeah. and its own story, and it's basically like a an episode of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Do you think that if they wanted to? bring this Starkiller character back and they wanted to use him and Sam Witwer, because he definitely said he agreed, he would definitely agree to do it and I don't think he's doing anything better than Star Wars at this point. And you know, they're doing, they're jumping around, they're not just making, oh, we're making the next movie chronologically. They're jumping around in these movies. Yeah. Do you think that, would you be down for a Starkiller like Netflix series or a web series or something like that? I could see a, a Starkiller uh, Netflix series. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about having uh having Starkiller modeled after Sam Witwer is that you can get away with Sam Witwer playing maybe a little bit older uh, Starkiller. And what I love about Sam Witwer is that he's, he's into Star Wars. Like, he oh, loves yeah. Star Wars. He's, <laughs> he was, um, he was uh, Starkiller, obviously. He voiced Palpatine in Force Unleashed 2. He voices Darth Maul in the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, and Rebels cartoon. So he's back as Darth Maul. And so he's a part of the LucasArts family. Yeah. And he, he's employed by them. Yeah. And he's right now playing and, and representing a canon character in Darth Maul. And also, he just happens to be a fucking badass, too. Yeah. Who's, so, and yeah. like he's physically fit. And, yeah. um, you know, I haven't personally I haven't seen him in any sort of like action y roles. So I don't know what he's like as maybe like an action star, but they can really do a. I think it also kind of hinge on how successful Rogue One is. Yeah. But I could totally see him being a star killer, and it might not be a direct representation or a direct like sequel to the uh, the games. But even if he's like, maybe it's the perfect clone, you know, like the continuation of his story. Yeah. Or maybe it's part of the um, you know Emperor's Assassin storyline or something like that. But I'd, I I would like to see a star killer uh, storyline, or at least an appearance in something. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as the appearance makes sense. Like, well, I don't. Let, let's and and, let, and let's be clear here. The Star Killer name appears in the Star, the seventh Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's the name of the base. The base. Yeah, Star Killer. So base. Th- this idea that Star Killer is like, oh, he's gone or whatever, it may not hold. He may still be around, 
and he may still appear. Do I should know this because I've been playing the game, but I can't recall if they refer to him as Starkiller in the game. In the game, he's 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 referred to as he's referred to as the Apprentice, and yeah. he's referred to as Starkiller. But his name, Galen, Galen Merrick, Merrick yeah. is was only created for the novel at the request of the person who authored that novel. But the name itself has been appropriated to the character, okay. even though in the games never appeared. Okay, yeah, because I don't remember it popping up. And that was the big thing is like, oh, it's Starkiller, named after Luke Skywalker's original name. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, Luke Skywalker's original name was Anakin Starkiller. Yeah. And then they changed it. But uh, Starkiller, I mean, I think if Star Wars The Force Unleashed was canon, I love how it was tied into using the Malik family crest as a symbol of the rebellion. And I felt it tied in perfectly to the the movies. And, I mean, granted, it, it, it... reveals the Death Star early on and I think it well even if it chooses the canon light side story it doesn't destroy the Death Star I think if you chose a dark side version it destroyed the Death Star but um I mean I think it's a fantastic story especially the first one and it's something that I'd like to see some continuation on that's not just some pathetic clone that gets wiped out pretty easy in the game in the sequel so I'd like to see some more Game of America I would like to see some more Sam Witwer yeah for sure. Sam, we're voting for you, bud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>